Welcome to another podcast with me, Dave Harris, in the studio here with Jeremy Marchant. Uh, Jeremy has uh, recently written a book, written and published a book called Network Better, How to Meet, Connect and Grow Your Business. And it has an interesting subtitle, which we're actually going to, I'm going to talk to Jeremy about today because I want to know more about this. And that subtitle is, OK, I'm doing what you told me, so how come it isn't working? So, Jeremy, there we go. That's a, that's a nice little, quite provocative little thing on the back cover of your book there. I'm doing what you told me, how to go networking, but it's not working. So what do you mean by that? And, and let's see if we can get some practical tips for how we can make it work better, make networking work better. Right. Well, the good the good news is there are lots and lots of these. The bad news is that for some people, some of them aren't going to be relevant. But I would be very cautious about assuming that something's not relevant. And my uh, advice is usually, if you think that something I'm saying is not relevant to you, that's probably because it is. Is not relevant? No, because it is relevant. <laughs> uh, okay, sorry, got the wrong uh, end of the stick there. And, and you are in some way deciding that you don't want to go there because it might raise some stuff that you don't want to deal with. So let's so let's tick them off. I'm I'm not going to count them, but the first the first one is basically it's not working because you're making it up as you go along. And you really need to get some focus and structure in your involvement, which is funnily enough why I wrote the book. But even if you're doing what the book or some other book suggests you should be doing, there's some other basic things which you need to address the First of them is you're not doing it often enough. And that can be difficult because if you're in in, the highlands of Scotland, you may not have a large number of networking events that you can actually get to. That just means you have to do better at the ones you can get to. And Uh, when you say often enough, I mean, can you put a number on that? No, because uh, it it depends on, ultimately depends on the number of clients you need. So let me ask you, Dave, how many clients do you need per year? So you probably need more clients than I do. An accountant may need more clients than you, particularly if they're only offering basic accountancy services and so forth. So each client, as far as I'm concerned, derives from a referral from somebody. And so the question then is, how many people, how many referrers do you need to know? Well, that depends on how many referrals each person can give you. So it becomes quite complicated. There are spreadsheets you can use for this. But essentially, you need, you need to work this out for yourself. And I think if you're not getting enough clients, and it's probably because you're not doing enough networking, um, and so you need to raise the quality of your networking so that you can make do with fewer one-to-one meetings and who wouldn't do that anyway who wants to have a lot of one-to-one meetings that that just uh, run into the dust because there's never going to be any opportunity there anyway okay well that's excellent advice and uh, that makes a lot of sense so what else and and so that that feeds into the third one which is uh you're not doing it well enough so one of one of the issues that people have is that their beliefs that they have about their business or about themselves are not serving them and yet they're not examining why those beliefs aren't serving them. Um, And it's rather like that uh, sentence which people attribute to Einstein or Jesus or Mickey Mouse or whoever, which actually comes from an Alcoholics Anonymous pamphlet, but that's by the by. Insanity is repeating the same mistakes and expecting different results. So... What we're going to talk about today is those things that people are doing repeatedly because they think they have a well, they have a belief 
that they're the right thing to do, possibly because they paid somebody a lot of money to train them to do this, but actually they're not working and they're not appropriate for them, even if they're appropriate for other people. So the first one really comes under that heading of how you can annoy somebody without either of you realising that that's what you're doing, which is all about needing to be right. Now, I must say straight away that I'm not suggesting that people should go around deliberately being wrong. It's not about being right. It's about needing to be right. It's about having an attachment to being right. And if you want to see that blown up into ghastly, tragic dimensions, you just need to look at the current British political scene where everybody is demonstrating their unassailable attachment to being right. And funnily enough, it's not working and it's not helping. So the small business person in a networking event needs to let go of their need to persuade other people that they're right about the services that they offer or even the beliefs that they have because it doesn't help because it's not actually doing the persuading that might be necessary. It's simply ramming down the throat of the other person the fact that you have this need to be right about it. And as we have seen, if you just look at the national news every day, it just isn't, just doesn't work. Um, and so why do it? It's a perfect example of repeating the same thing over and over again and expecting it to work one day, when the reason it doesn't work is because it's never going to work. Somewhat aligned with that, because it also comes under the heading of how to annoy other people without either of you knowing you're doing it, is around neediness. Most people start their business undercapitalized. That's nothing to do with networking, that's just a fact. Because their business is undercapitalized, they don't have enough resources to get clients. So that any time they're in any position where they might get a client, like a networking event, their need for the client overwhelms them. And some people can't keep it in check. Years ago, I went to a regular networking event, and each month the same person was there. And his neediness was so unattractive that you just wanted to walk away from him. Um, now, most people aren't as extreme as that. The people who need to be concerned are the people who don't realise they're being needy and who are not getting any feedback from anybody else that that's what they're like, and yet they are like that, and it is affecting the other person. So the issue is around asking yourself, am I really pushing the wrong message here and one one way to deal with that is something we've discussed in, other, in some of the other podcasts is you stop making your attendance at the networking event about you and you make it about the other people there and if you stop worrying about yourself and your business and the fact that you actually do need some more clients and probably quite quickly uh, nevertheless if you stop focusing on that to the point where you actually deliberately exclude it from your mind and focus on other people you will find that other people will be much more willing to help you and if they're much more willing to help you they're more you're more likely to get help that's useful if only advice um, or information and don't decry the value of that but sometimes you will actually get uh, a useful one-to-one -one out of it um, or an introduction to somebody else out of it so as i say paradoxically the less you make it about yourself the more likely you are going to get some benefit from it. Well, that all makes a lot of sense to me, and I've certainly uh, I can think of examples of, of of that myself. I can think of people I've met who come across as needy, for example. You mentioned that in networking. I've probably done it myself as well. Those are those are very interesting sort of things that we kind of behaviours, if you like, that we should try and avoid. Are there behaviours that we should actively encourage 
ourselves to do that will make us more attractive in the networking. One one of the things that people dislike about other people at networking events is inauthenticity. And I'll come back to that in a second. But the answer to your question actually is it's mostly about stopping doing the things that are hindering you. Being authentic, being open, being giving probably about all you need really and it's quite hard to be those things so attending to those is probably the, the best thing to do so rather than as we have done in other podcasts for example i might say well you need to tell stories and you need to tell the stories properly and da, 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 and that's all true um i think in terms of the basic things of what are you doing to get in your own way and how you can stop it it boils down to really those three things and as far as inauthenticity goes the danger is is that somebody will want to come across as better or more professional or clever or whatever they think floats the other person's boat more of those things than they are and the problem is that most communication between two people is subconscious or unconscious and people pick this sort of stuff up and it's like, as I was just saying, the, the needy person who's only slightly needy uh, to the point where they're not even aware of it, nevertheless, that does get picked up. And the person who's inauthentic, like the um, the coach, this true story, coach described herself as an international coach. And she was an international coach because she had a client in Paris whom she spoke to via Skype. Now, that doesn't really count as international coach so far from persuading me that she must be really good because she's international although why international clients are more prestigious than national ones local ones i don't know but far far from impressing me she actually did the opposite you know i I didn't like that inauthenticity around it so failing to be authentic is really a a problem i was going to say serious but it's not it's not so much serious it's something which everybody can do something about I'll tell you a little story, actually. I used to work in a pub, and uh, there was a barman there, um, whom we'll call Desmond for the sake of argument. And Desmond was a very nice guy, and he was obviously very good at pulling pints of beer and taking the right money. But he had one verbal mannerism, which was that somebody would order a pint of special... He'd pull the pint of special, stick it on the bar in front of them and say, that's 44 coins of the realm. That tells you how long ago it was. And that remark is mildly amusing the first time you ever hear it. Coins of the realm. After about three times, because of course I was working with him all evening, after about three times, it began to get irritating. By the end of, by end of, the, um, the, end of the evening let alone the end of six months where I'd been working with him a couple of evenings a week. You know, one wanted to pulverise him into the floor. It was just so annoying. And the reason I'm saying that is because for any one customer, they were probably only slightly annoyed by what he said. But you could tell that it was an annoying thing to do because the cumulative effect of him doing it over and over again in my presence was really damaging. And poor man, he was just trying to be friendly just trying perhaps even just trying to be original and not just say oh, that's 44p please uh yet it backfired and what i would say because I, I wasn't courageous enough to point this out to him and he obviously didn't notice 
any bad responses he was getting. And yet he was the sort of person that you perhaps wouldn't ask to have a one-to-one with if he had been, if you'd met him at a networking event. So inauthenticity can be really small things and it can be things where it's more obvious that you're just trying to be deceitful and you're presenting yourself as somebody who you're not. I think people are tempted to be inauthentic for two sets of reasons. The first set is they'll simply think that uh, other people will be impressed. The trouble with that is that, as my mother used to say, it's not what you say, it's the way that you say it that counts. And so if you say something in in an inauthentic way, then they pick that up. The other set of reasons are around they fear that other people will think that the person they believe that they really are and they think that the business that they actually have will not be interesting enough in a conversation. So they pretend it's something else. And my first response to that is, well, how do you know until you've actually had the conversation with somebody? Because funnily enough, people are different and some people will respond very well to what you do and others won't. That's that's their stuff, not your stuff. But really, if we can go into the psychology of it, it's really about sense of self-worth. If you think other people believe that you're not of interest or value that's probably because you believe that you're not of interest or of value which conceivably might be true probably not but it might be true but assuming that it's not true then that is an issue do you do need to work on because that will be holding you back for sure i'm fascinated uh, by the authenticity argument for various reasons but not least of which is that um, as you know I've been involved in another podcast where we talk a lot about authenticity and you've been a guest on that podcast too but it seems to me that w- w- one of the fundamental things about being authentic in a networking s- scenario is that if you're not or if you try and be something that you're not then sooner or later you know you're going to get found out because somebody's going to realize because it's very difficult to be I think it's very difficult to be an authentic for a sustained sort of period of time a bit like saying you know coins of the realm every time you serve a pint of beer you know some sooner or later you're going to forget to say it in that sense it would be a good thing but uh, but you know what I mean anyway it's it's it is difficult and I think people see through it quite quickly and certainly we all we all I think have met people who we think are a bit inauthentic in networking events and it's not an attractive trait I agree. I agree. I think authenticity is something which people defer to more than they actually practice. It's the phrase more honoured in the breach than in the observance. I think that's what it is. Um, the, po- the, point, the point is that it's actually a lot easier to be, as you, I think as you were saying, it's a lot easier to just to be authentic, just to be yourself. But ask yourself, is the self that I am the most useful self that I can be? Because after all, we are actually able to change ourselves. If that weren't true, then the entire profession of coaching, mentoring, counselling, therapy and all the rest of it would be completely wasted. Um, Clearly, that profession is thriving. So, yes, we can all change ourselves. We can change ourselves for the better. Um, And if you can do that, then why wouldn't you? But it's changing ourselves within within certain i mean we can't we you know we can't sort of fundamentally change who we are I, well I, that's a belief it is a belief it's it's one i've just stated so presumably i believe it but uh, but but i mean i completely agree with you we can all develop and we can all uh, and we can change and we can be educated and all sorts of good things like that but at the end of the day it's quite difficult i think to for example become a I don't know, a stand-up comedian, if you are quite a reserved person, you have to work within the sort of personality traits that you have, 
you, you can develop them. But um, well, I mean, do correct me if you think this is wrong. I'm, but I'm I, going to. Good. I, I didn't think for a moment you wouldn't. But uh, but it seems to me that you know you you can't change yourself into a completely different person without a lot of inauthenticity. Or, or unless you're a very good actor, and I suppose the de- very definition of being a good actor is that you can be inauthentic. But. Yes, I mean, I, obviously, acting is is ultimately being inauthentic um, for the purposes of entertainment. Uh, but you know, the story that I, I've told elsewhere about Maggie and her huge anxiety about going to a networking event, and her needing only to go to one. To convert her completely to a, to an enthusiastic networker, I think somewhat belies your statement because people do have what are called limiting beliefs, which they use to, t- to prove to themselves that they don't that they can't do something, and therefore why bother to try? Um, and a, an interesting thing which we might cut from this podcast um, in a moment, but an interesting aspect to the story of Maggie, who. Uh, as I say, was very, very, very anxious about going to a networking event. So Maggie was very concerned to the point of high anxiety about going to a networking event, yet she knew that her business rather demanded that she did. So I created a situation in which she had to go to the most relaxed, laid-back networking event you could possibly imagine, and she did to her great credit um, and she was very nervous there my spies tell me but the upshot of that was that she went to another one of her own volition and another one and another one and another and she became a really quite enthusiastic networker um, and really she just had a limiting belief and I just want to explore exactly what that belief is because I've, I'm fairly confident that unless people really get it they're not going to overcome it other than by being forced to go to a networking event by me. And so at the top level, she was saying, I'm scared of going to a networking event. Underneath that, she was saying, I'm scared of of not doing it properly. Underneath that, she was saying, well, actually, um, I'm scared that other people will notice I didn't do it correctly. And and that's, that's a really important distinction. In other words, she wasn't really afraid that she couldn't do it, although it might be true that she couldn't do it. She was afraid that she would be found out. But underneath that is something which I would call anticipatory shame. In other words, what she really wanted to avoid was the sense of shame that she would feel if she screwed it up and was seen by other people to be doing so. And that's why people don't do it. And I think if people can sense that that is underlying what's going on, then they are better placed to decide that by themselves that they're going to overcome whatever it is they think they're ashamed of. Um, And for some people, completely outside the business context, the source of shame might be so great that you can't do it by yourself. But in terms of networking and business in general... These limiting beliefs that we have are set up to ensure that we can avoid feeling ashamed of ourselves. And that's really unhelpful. And it can, you know, I I advise everybody, if they don't read anything else in the book, just read the story about Maggie on the first page, because that is a proof that you can transcend these things and that it doesn't take a long time. 
or effort, actually. You just need to commit to doing it. Jeremy, thank you. The, the book that Jeremy's referring to is Network Better. It's recently been published by Jeremy Marchant. And uh, as he says, there's a very good opening about Maggie's story, uh, but the rest of the book is also well worth reading. Thank you very much for listening. Thank you very much for your excellent contributions, as always, Jeremy. Thank you. And uh, we'll, uh, we'll be back with you again soon. <laughs>